Welcome back to Formate Arbitration. Today we're going to get into some more salted peanuts. Um, I'm going to try to stay on track and not get too upset about some things because of the double standard that I always talk about between us and management. And, and there's no greater example than discipline, uh, the discipline letter carriers. I believe that the contract, the joint contract administration manual, by design, it's a good idea, but by design, it protects management more than it protects us, which uh, I despise. Uh, and I'll cover a little bit of that uh, as we go through this episode. I'm going to try not to get too irate, <laughs> but I believe that the contract by design protects management. Uh, it has some things in our Article 16, obviously protects us from those that would come in and just fire us for no reason. You have to have just cause. And so that protects us. That comes from the steel workers that kind of arbitrators generally use those uh, six sub-questions of just cause. So that's not anything new to us as a, as a craft. Now, that's a general kind of thing that arbitrators use is the just cause standard. And so, uh, but I believe that the contract protects management. And I'm going to go over that a little bit with you. Uh, we're going to cover some discipline, and I'm going to show you the difference between us and management in this, uh, as far as discipline is concerned. I'm not going to be too long today. Next week, I've got some things I'm going to cover, and I'm waiting on some stuff uh, from different individuals. I was going to do that today, but it didn't come in, and because uh, I'm not well-versed in it. I've dealt with it before, uh, but I want some people that I consider to be experts uh, to help me out with it. And so I'm not going to put something out there just if I'm not completely comfortable with it. But salted peanuts today, all right? First off, remember uh, to get your shirts. Get online, get your shirts. Uh, we sent a lot of money to the Disaster Relief Fund. Uh, that total, I'll give you that later. But we did send that in. They sent us a thank you. And that's for Hawaii, the victims of Hawaii. I told you we were going to do that. We did it. Now, I have no control over that money. I have no control over the shirt sales. I have nothing to do with any of that other than I had to sign something so that we could get our uh, status as a nonprofit. But I don't control any of that. That's done by somebody else. So, uh, But I'll tell you the monies that we sent in for that. And uh, But we're sending all the proceeds to MDA. So don't forget about the shop. Get on there, get you some shirts, get your boss some shirts. Uh, they might like to wear some, some rate arbitration shirts since they listen to the podcast, all right? And I would like the whole office to just be wearing from eight arbitration shirts. The Postal Service, supervisors and managers might like one. Y'all wear them on the floor. And um, I think that's a good way to build some unity between yourselves. Um, Discord, don't forget Discord. A lot of great things going on Discord, and they're growing by leaps and bounds. A lot of great information on Discord. They have a lot of great grievance stuff going on as far as shop talk, talking about grievances, a lot of questions being asked. You have some extremely bright individuals on Discord, extremely bright individuals on Discord that will help at all times of the day. All right, Reddit. Don't forget about Reddit. A lot of great things going on on Reddit. Uh, some very bright individuals on Reddit. So get on there. Uh, join both of them, Discord and Reddit, if you haven't already. And get in those conversations. A lot of great stuff going on on those things. Um, but 
again, remember to get on the shop, get your shirts. We sent some good money to Hawaii for those individuals, our brothers and sisters who lost, lost everything. I wish we could have sent a hundred times that much, but, uh, so kudos to those that took care of that, that dealt with that. And, uh, and that makes me proud that, uh, we were able to do that again. We don't keep any of that money, not a penny. And uh, every bit of it goes to, it's either going to go to Hawaii, which we did there, or MDA. And so I appreciate y'all for buying the shirts and it, that enabled us to send that amount of money. We get very little off of the sale of shirts, which makes the amount we turned in even more impressive. Y'all would be shocked at how little we make off of the shirts. But um, it felt good to do that. I want to talk about some discipline, just a few just a few because I know how I am. I know that I get on these rants and these tangents. I'm going to try not to do that. But the double standard between us and management always pisses me off. It's something that always pisses me off because there are no checks and balance at the end of the day for management. There just isn't. Uh, and so, uh, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. And this is why the contract by design protects management and not the carrier. Like I said, Article 16 protects us from rogue management just coming in, firing us for without calls. Uh, they have to fire us with calls and discipline us with calls. But outside of that, there's no checks and balances at all that protects us from management. Uh, I'm going to read some discipline. We're going to go over it. And then I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about as far as this, uh, the double standard. I had somebody sent me this discipline, and, and this is what I'm talking about, okay? And this is why we are at a disadvantage all the way through discipline. We're at a disadvantage. Even going through to arbitration, the advocate's at a disadvantage when we're dealing with things like this. We have to find sites that obviously support our position, but we're at a disadvantage when it comes to certain types of discipline. This is attendance. It's a subject letter of warning. This official disciplinary letter of warning is being issued to you for the following reason or reasons. Charge, failure to maintain a regular attendance record. Failure to maintain a regular attendance record. Now, what does that mean? What is a regular attendance record? Does anybody know? Because I, I don't. I have no idea. And I wish I did, uh, but I don't know. And the bad thing is management doesn't know. They don't have any idea. They can't tell us what is a regular attendance record. What does that mean? Most of the times, 99% of the times, they'll say it means that you have to be work at work when scheduled. Well, that's a perfect attendance record. Be at work when you're scheduled. But when we go into these, we're already at a disadvantage because nobody can tell me what that means. Nobody. Uh, if you have a removal on attendance, here's what your removal is going to look like. If I had a letter of warning, I'm probably going to have somewhere around six or seven occurrences on a letter of warning. If I have a seven-day suspension, I might have 10 occurrences on that. If I have a 14-day, I may have five occurrences on that. So... Where in that does it tell me what is regular attendance? None of those are the same. 
So I'm at a clear disadvantage as a city letter carrier when management comes after me for failing to maintain a regular schedule because nobody can tell me what that means. And the discipline issued is not consistent to show me what it means to be regular attendance. Now, if it goes up to the DRT, and here's what I'm talking about, the double standard. If it goes up to the DRT, or if it gets settled at Formal A, and they say you've got a letter of warning for failure to maintain a regular attendance, something that nobody can define for me, and I'm going to raise all the arguments, you know, the ELM about y'all's responsibilities to me as far as an attendance review. We're going to show that some of these dates may be in question. And so the DRT or the Formal A is going to say, hey, as a compromise resolution, we're going to reduce this letter of warning to four months. Okay? So four months, my attendance has to be what? Exemplary. For four months. So I go along and I have maybe a couple of three more occurrences. Something happened. My child was sick. I had to go to the ER because I fell off a ladder and I think I broke my thumb uh, or something to that effect. And so I've missed three or four more occurrences and then I get a seven day. And so they say, well, you got this seven day. You're within that four months. So we're going to give you this seven day and it's going to be reduced to four months. Okay. So now I've got a seven day over something that somebody cannot tell me or cannot define for me what it is. Here's the double standard. And now here's the contract. Here's what the contract tells master. This is, this is their guideline in, as far as Article 16, as far as how, it's going to, how they're going to handle discipline for me. On page 16.2, corrective rather than punitive, which you have to be corrective. You cannot be punitive. That's the very first sentence of Article 16. If you look at corrective rather than punitive, and this is what the arbitrators will go by. This is a definitive example of how you will discipline me. The requirement that discipline be corrective rather than punitive is an essential element of the just cause principle. That's strong language for us. That's very strong language. for us. It's an essential element, which means you cannot overlook that. You cannot overlook it. In short, it means that for most offenses, management must, and I'll always love that word, must, doesn't say should or might or may. It says must. Management must issue discipline in a progressive fashion. Issuing lesser discipline, like a letter of warning for a first offense and a pattern of increasingly severe discipline for succeeding offenses. Example, short suspension, long suspension, discharge. The basis of this principle of corrective or progressive discipline is that it is issued for the purpose of correcting or improving employee behavior and not as punishment or retribution. So that is a clear example of how management must issue discipline. It must be progressive to be corrective. And it gives you an example, a letter of warning, a suspension, a longer suspension, discharge. So you got a letter of warning, seven day, 14 day and discharge. That's how they must do it. And arbitrators agree with that. That's how you're going to do it. And it's for this. Discipline is that it is issued for the purpose of correcting or improving employer behavior and not as punishment or retribution. That is how you must handle discipline when you issue discipline to me. 
You cannot just go straight to removal because that's not progressive, unless I'm stealing or something to that effect. Here's the double standard on that, and this is what pisses me off. There is no such protection for us from management continuously violating the contract. There is no such language in the contract defending us or protecting us from management continuously violating provisions of the agreement. Now, how is that not fair? And it protects management. They'll get a cease and desist if they don't, if they don't abide by it. They'll get a cease and desist, right? They can get 90 cease and desists. And there's nothing in the contract protecting us from them like there is them us on 16-2. It is definitive on how they do us. Letter of warning, 7-day, 14-day removal. I got four steps and I'm gone. You have a supervisor that will violate the same provision a hundred times and nothing being done about it. Now, why would we allow that to get into the contract? Why would we allow a contract that doesn't define what will happen to management if that takes effect? Why did we allow something in the contract stating that what, how they're going to do us, but nothing in the contract stating how we can do them, if that makes sense? I'm gone after four chances to improve my behavior. Management will have somebody in there for a hundred times of cease and desist. Over the same thing, be it Article 8, be it opting. And what's the only recourse we have? Hopefully, to get an escalated monetary award at some point in time. Why is there the double standard? Why are they protected like that? And why would we allow that protection to take place in the JCAM? There's no language in the JCAM other than Article 41 that talks about what will happen if a cease and desist isn't obeyed. If it gets egregious enough on Article 41, it talks about opting. If it gets egregious enough, then we may consider an escalated monetary award. But what about the supervisor who has done that? Why are they protected from that? And we have no protection other than letter warning, seven day, 14 day removal. Why does management, why is there nothing spelled out in the contract of what would happen to a supervisor if he incurs 10 cease and desist over the same rules violation? 20 cease and desist over the same rules violation. 30 cease and desist over the same rules violation. Let's go to Lake Charles. 86. 86 cease and desist over the same rules violation. Why is there nothing in the contract stating this will happen to that manager or supervisor who continues to violate the contract with impunity? Does anybody know? Does anybody know that? They never have to abide by the contract. We have our president saying that escalated monetary award or money is not the solution. It's for them to stop. How do we propose to do that? We have business agents that don't agree with an escalated monetary award. And I'll read something to you in a second. We have business agents that don't agree with an escalated monetary award. And if you're getting those and it goes up to pre-arb, you're not going to get it. Why is there such defense of management when it comes to how they treat us? What do we do with that? We talk all the time, and you heard our president talk about the noncompliance issues. 
The non-compliant. Why do we have non-compliance issues? The contract tells you what's going to happen. We get a cease and desist. Why is there non-compliance issues? Because management understands that they are under no obligation to abide by the contract. They understand that there is, they suffer no repercussions from violating the contract. They understand that. There's nothing we can do to them for violating the contract. They can violate the contract with impunity, and there's nothing we can do except continue to file grievances. You have arbitrators that don't believe that we have the right for an escalated monetary award, that the contract doesn't call for that. What do we do? What do we do? Why did we allow a contract be written with no recourse other than a cease and desist, other than management will, will not violate this? If that's the case, and I'll tell you one of the best examples, the 12 and 60 hour rule, the 12 and 60 hour rule, those are absolutes according to arbitrator, National Arbitrator Mittenthal. Those are absolutes. You cannot go past 12 and 60. It's, they state it's law. You can't go past 12 and 60, right? You can't work me past 12 hours in a day, and you can't work me over 60 hours. You can't do that. National Arbitrator Menthol says it's an absolute. And then what do they say? But if you do, <laughs> there's a 50% premium. <laughs> well, hell, they're not absolutes then. It's not an absolute. If you're going to say it's an absolute and then say, here's the penalty for going over it, then it's not an absolute. An absolute means at 12 hours, I go home. An absolute means at 60 hours, I go home. But management is, again, protected from that because what do they say? There's a 50% premium. Management cannot work me if I'm not on the list off assignment without, without mandating somebody 12 hours that's on the list. They can't do that according to Article 8. If I'm not on the list, they can't assign me off assignment overtime unless all the ODL is maxed to 12. That's what the contract states. So that's never happened. You know why? Because the contract states you can't do it. So we should never have a grievance filed for that. We have won more money based off of that one provision than anything else. Why is that? Because management knows that there's no repercussions for violating the contract. They don't care how much money spent. It's not coming out of their pocket. If it was, maybe it would stop. But there's nothing we can do because there's nothing put in the contract protecting us from them. Nothing. They're targeting shop stewards on the West Coast. They have an installation that is removing shop stewards from the workroom floor. Making up shit. I'm going to read something to you. And now I'll get back to that discipline. In this installation, they're putting shop stores on EP for anything and everything. Knowing they're going to lose it. Knowing they're going to lose these emergency placements. But they're getting the representation off the floor. Now here's a shop store that's been off the floor for 53 days. Now I'm going to read the EP to you. And this is what it states. This is why they put this shop steward on emergency placement. And he's now been on emergency placement for 53 days. Okay? And they're doing several like this. They're just getting the union representation off the floor. They're putting, on, putting them on emergency placement. They're trying to interfere with union activities. By doing that, they're getting the carriers where they don't have protection. They're removing the shop stewards. That's intimidation. Right? So that, hey... 
I'm not going to file any more grievances. Y'all win. I can't afford to lose my house. I can't afford not to pay my bills. I can't afford to buy groceries for my kids. Y'all win. Y'all win because I can't afford to, to do this. So I won't file any more grievances. I'll back up. I'll back off. That's all they're doing with here. And here's what it states. You're hereby notified that you're placed in an off-duty, without pay status, effective 2056 on October 31st, 2023, and continuing this status until you're advised otherwise. So we're just going to keep you out there until we're ready for you to come back to work. Okay? The reasons for the action are, now this is emergency placement, 167. You continue to return back to the station late after 8 p.m. and continue to bring mail back. You've been assigned to this route and have been doing this route for months. However, no improvement from you whatsoever on your casing time and your delivery time. You have been instructed many times to provide a filled 3996 daily when you're in need of overtime. However, you fail to provide any. Management continued to ask you of your return time throughout the day and your responses were 8 p.m. Supervisor so-and-so asked you for your return time yesterday and you responded through RIMS at 6.14 p.m. and stated ETA 8 p.m. You then RIMS management again at 8.03 and stated 8.10 p.m. You ended up returning to the station after 8.10 p.m. and didn't even complete a delivery. I don't know who wrote this shit. Some fucking idiot. And didn't even complete a delivery and brought mail back. This is unacceptable and it needs to be stopped. A further decision shall be made as to whether or not discipline shall be issued to you for the alleged misconduct. That decision shall be forthcoming in the near future. A right to file a grievance under the grievance arbitration procedure. Uh, set forth in Article 15. So they put this shop steward off the clock because he was taking too long on his route, they say. They put this shop steward off the clock because he continues to return back to the station late after 8 p.m. and continued to bring mail back. Well, what is the emergency? <laughs> What's the emergency? If he continues to do it, then that should have been addressed the first time if it's an emergency to come back after 8 o'clock. It's not an emergency if somebody continues to do something. That's not an emergency situation. That is a disciplinary situation if you want to go that route. But here's a shop steward that's being sent home for 53 days because they say he continues to come back after 8 o'clock and because he's been on this route for months and he has, his office time hasn't improved and his street time hasn't improved. Well, there's methods and means to which you can, can uh, control that. We have a, a 1838C where you can count them and see if they're efficient or not in the office. There's the 3999 or, or a 4584 where you can go out with them and see why it is that they're taking so long on the street. There are things that you can do to correct those things. But obviously you have chosen not to do that because none of those things are mentioned what you did was you targeted a shop steward like you have several in the installation, sending them home. Now, here's a shop steward that's at home for 53 days over some bullshit. And what's the repercussions for that? There is nothing in the contract that protects us from them. He will get that money back. This will go forward. I don't know why it's taking 53 fucking days. But this will go forward and get smashed because it's not an emergency situation. 
It is a punitive situation, but you have targeted the shop steward and you now have a station that's without a shop steward for 53 days. Now, what is to protect us from them? What's the repercussions for that? We have none. There are none. We'll file a grievance and they'll say, you improperly put this individual on, on 16.7. And matter of fact, that the damn 16.7 language isn't even on there. 16.7 isn't even mentioned on there. It just says emergency placement. 16.7 language isn't even on the damn letter. But he'll get his money back. But what damage has been done to him being without pay for 53 days? There's nothing in the contract that protects him. There's nothing, there's no repercussion against management. What do we say? We want another $10 a calendar day because it was done maliciously? They can just simply say, well, we thought that was a 16-7. You know, we thought that was, you know, protection, mail, loss of mail or funds. Whatever bullshit they'll come up with, that wasn't cited on there. But do you see what I'm saying? That the double standard, we have no protections from management. None. The contract gives us none. Article 15 has finally included the joint statement in Article 15. We have no protections against management that has no idea what they're doing or continuously violates the contract. There's no protection. You'll have 50 cease and desists before a B team will even sniff an escalated monetary award. Why is there such a double standard? Why is it that our discipline is outlined to a T what you're going to do to us, but there's nothing in there, nothing in there saying what we can do to management if they have somebody that continuously violates the contract. Why would we allow that to happen? Management buffaloed us on that. Management got us on that. We have to try to convince arbitrators that they have the authority for an escalated monetary award. Some believe it and some don't. Some will tell you they don't. You know, we finally got that federal court decision from out of Kingsport where they tried to vacate that decision, and the arbitrator said, you have no immunity here. They can sue you, basically, for punitive damages for violations of the contract that have become egregious. We finally got that. But we're at a clear disadvantage here. And it's something that, to me, needs to be addressed. What do we do about the constant non-compliance of the contract? Management has it spelled out clearly what they can do to us. Letter of warning, seven-day, 14-day, and removal, and we're gone. And arbitrators agree with that. I can take one supervisor in front of an arbitrator that has 57 cease and desists and beg them for an escalated monetary award, and still nothing happened to the supervisor. They have major protections under this contract. Major protections under the JCAM, how it's written. The JCAM is written, designed for compliance. It's designed for that. When they wrote this, they meant for it to be complied with. But what happens if it's not? Cease and desist. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. Management has even buffaloed us out of cease and desist in most of these installations and regions. Most of these regions won't even call a cease and desist anymore on a, on a pre-arb. They will say, shall comply, will comply. Again, they have conditioned us in the union. Uh, since we have such weak leadership, 
They have conditioned our business agents into shall comply, will comply, must comply. We don't even get cease and desist most anywhere else. Again, management is being protected by the union. Why is that? If you raise hell about it to the business agent's office, what do they say? It's the same thing. If it's the same thing, then why don't you do cease and desist? If it's the same thing, just keep cease and desist in there. A cease and desist is contractual. It's in the contract. A cease and desist is. But they have conditioned us to back up. I told y'all they punked us out all those episodes ago. They punked us out on the cease and desist. We'll take them to hearing. We'll take them to hearing. We're so worried about maintaining this uh, cash, making sure that we stay wealthy as a union, that we didn't want to start taking all these things to arbitration to get a cease and desist. So we said management will comply. Management shall comply. Do you know what? We already know that they fucking must comply because the contract says they must comply. (laughs) We know that. We know they must comply. Why would you put that on there? Management shall comply. Okay, well, shit, we knew that when it was written. We need to cease and assist. That means stop and don't do it anymore. That's what cease and assist is. But to tell management, you must comply with this JCAM. Hey, you must comply with it. Okay. I must comply with it. Fuck, I didn't. Sorry. I didn't comply with it. Now what? Well, we're going to give you another one. And this time we're going to underline it. You must comply. We might highlight that for you too. That shows you that we're pissed off about it. We're going to highlight must, underline it. You must comply. Well, fuck, you don't underline it on me now. I better comply with it. They don't give a fuck about that, man. They don't give a shit about must comply, shall comply. They don't even care about cease and desist. It's just as easier to sell that to an arbitrator than must comply or shall comply. But anyway, why is there such the double standard? I talked about this just an episode or two ago. Because they give us discipline saying this. This is what they say. It is hoped that this letter of warning will serve to impress upon you the seriousness of your actions and that future discipline will not be necessary. What do you think about that? It is hoped this letter of warning will serve to impress upon you the seriousness of your actions. What about the seriousness of your actions when you cost the Postal Service $50,000 on noncompliance grievances? What about the seriousness of your actions when you fail to abide by the contract 60 times? What do we do with that? Is there no recourse? There's nothing. But there, here's an individual that had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven occurrences in three months, and he's given a letter of warning. Seven occurrences in three months. I've got supervisors and postmasters that will violate Article 8 every day for two weeks straight. Every day for two weeks straight will violate the contract as far as Article 8 is concerned. Here's somebody that's seven occurrences in three months. That's seven occurrences in 90 days. And they're telling them that they're, they're thinking about removing them. But you'll have a manager or supervisor that will violate Article 8 every single day for two straight weeks. We'll file agreements for those two weeks, and then we'll file another one the next two weeks, and another one the next two weeks, and nothing's done. Why? Because we did not think to put in the contract something that will hold them accountable 
there is a double standard that we have allowed to happen and we have allowed to take place. Now we've got a, a president saying money's not the question. We just want it to stop. Why are we protecting the Postal Service from an escalated monetary war? What, what has happened there with the individuals at the top shaking hands with management to where they're saying, the president is saying, money's not the answer. Money's not the answer. We, we just need it to stop. Give us an idea how you plan on doing that. Now they're talking about completely revamping Article 8. You work it if you want to. Don't work it if you don't want to. I thought that was what the non-ODL was for. <laughs> I thought that was what the 12-hour list was for. Now we're talking about, hey, if you want to work your day off but don't want to work any other overtime, we're going to put that in there. We're going to talk about you can work as many hours in the day as you want to, and those that don't, don't have to. Management will still fuck that up. They will still violate that. What we need in the contract is something clear, cut, definitive as far as what's going to happen when they don't. When management violates the contract over and over again, we need something clear and concise and concrete as far as what we do with them. And we won't get it. I just get tired of seeing all this. I get 50 forms of discipline a week that I'm going over with people. And it's the same stupid ass language. It's the same fucking language from the same fucks that will violate the contract every day. And they act like we're the motherfucking bad guys. They act like we're the ones that are terrible. These motherfuckers can't abide by the contract. From the, why are the provisions for us worthy of discipline, but when they have provisions that they're supposed to go by and they don't, nothing happens to them. We have provisions that they will cite. You didn't abide by this. You didn't abide by section 51143 or 6654 or 1122, you didn't abide by those provisions, so we're going to discipline you because you didn't abide by those provisions. But I can have them failing to abide by Article 8G, Article 85G. Uh, I can have that 20 times, but nothing for them. Why would we allow that to happen? I know I'm redundant here. I've, I've said the same thing over and over. But it does piss me off that there is no recourse for us. They can come after us. We'll have to defend it. Nothing happens to them. They have, they could care less. Could care less that they violate the contract. We don't even, we're not even on the same page as far as regions. We're not even on the same page. We have some MBAs that are flat getting it. And we have some that just really don't give a shit. That don't give a fuck. We have some business agents that have taken on the mindset of our president, non-combative, standoffish, refusing to get in the fight, you know, just settle things, don't cost us any money. I'm going to read you this B-team decision. And somebody sent me this and they was mad as shit and I don't blame them. It says, Corey, unfortunately, we received this shitty decision from Step B where I proved that several, like over 40, including myself, carries did not receive the training and management had falsified it. Several are not on the clock. Several were out on OWCP and have not worked for many, many months. This is the decision that we got. Feel free to read on your podcast. I redacted our step representative because they were instructed on how to resolve these grievances in our district by the NBA's office, and it is not their fault. 
So the NBA is telling them how to resolve these things. So the step B wanted to be aggressive with it, but the, the NBA is telling them how to resolve these hip grievances. And this is what it said. He just said he proved that they falsified over 40 carriers. Now here's, here's what was said. Here's the decision. This grievance is resolved. The dispute resolution team determined management violated Articles 14 and 19 of the National Agreement. Management will refrain from advanced certification of hip training. Management will individually certify employees on the date the training is conducted into the HERO program rather than express bulk certifying. The formal A representatives or their designees will meet to discuss and agree on what training can be substituted and recorded to satisfy the HIP training for fiscal year 23 and record it using PS 4232 for each employee for this one instance. This meeting will take place within 14 days of the receipt of this decision. Did y'all hear that? Here's the guy who says, listen to this shitty ass decision. I proved without question they falsified over 40 CARES training. They falsified them. Some of that are on OWCP where they put it in. The, the B team wanted to go after them, but our business agent said, this is how I want these resolved. Now, this business agent has taken his cue from the president because the president says what? Looks like we've had some discrepancy. There's, there's no falsification. Here's the decision. I'll read it again. This grievance is resolved. The dispute resolution team determined management violate Articles 14 and 19 of the National Agreement. Management will refrain from advanced certification of hip training. Management will individually certify employees on the date the training is conducted into the HERO program rather than express bulk certifying. The formerly representatives on their or their days they need will meet to discuss and agree on what training can be substituted and recorded to satisfy the HIP training for fiscal year 23 and will record it using PS 4232 for each employee for this one instance. The meeting will take place within 14 days of the receipt of this decision. Do y'all hear the one word in there? Did y'all hear the one word in there? That pisses me off, the one word. How about this one word? Management will refrain. <laughs> God dang. Management will refrain. We're not going to say management will cease and desist even. You didn't even say falsified. You wouldn't even say falsified. And it shows in there that the, the union's formal A said falsified. You didn't even say falsified. You said management will refrain <laughs> from putting in training that wasn't completed. Management will refrain. What in the fuck has happened to us as a union, man? What happened? Where did this go wrong? Where did we get such cowardly leadership in this union? I have always said, as a business agent, I want my business agent to be his ass on fire. I want her to be the baddest motherfucker walking. The business agent. That's what you need. I don't give a fuck about politics as a business agent. I don't give a shit about politics. I don't care if you like me, don't like me. Y'all go fuck yourself in management when I'm business agent. I don't give a fuck about y'all. Why are we so fucking concerned about management all of a sudden? What has happened to us, man? What has happened to us as a union? We have cowardly motherfuckers in these positions now. I have never seen anything like this before. The cowardly shit that's being put out to these carriers, man. And do said another shitty B-team decision. <laughs> Hell, we're used to it now. Just shit on us. What's wrong with our business agents? What happened to y'all? 
What happened to the business agents in this country? The chicken shit that y'all have become as business agents. Will refrain? You should be fucking embarrassed of that shit. And you're the one who told them to do it. Will refrain. You can't even get a... I would rather have a... Must comply. <laughs> rather shall refrain. Holy fuck, man. This is a fucking joke. Management shall refrain. I would be fucking ashamed of myself to put that shit on a piece of paper. And I know it's not the B team's fault. Like dude said, hey, it ain't his fault. It ain't his fault. He wanted to fire their ass up, but the business agent told him how to handle that. Man, y'all need a new business agent. <laughs> y'all need a new business agent in that region. I'm telling you, the business agents should be the baddest motherfuckers in the region. The baddest motherfuckers in the region should be the business agent. It should be 15 bad motherfuckers. God dang, I, I don't know that we've got five. The chicken shit y'all have become as business agents is shocking. It's shocking. And you get it from your president. He's just as chicken shit. He's the one setting the example. I tell you what, if that motherfucker came out with his ass on fire about this falsification, you wouldn't see that shit. If he came out and he said, here's a letter from me, the president of the NELC. Here's a letter from me, and I want it in every fucking case file that's being sent up about how furious I am that y'all falsified this training on my brothers and sisters. I want this letter in there. And I don't care if you call me to arbitration. I'll make as many as I can. I'll make as many as I can because I'm not going to tolerate this. But because you didn't do that, because you have sat on the sidelines and waved at us fighting down here on the floor, this is what you get. Cowardly bullshit. Because your chicken shit ass won't get involved with it, man. This is a direct reflection of your cowardly ass. This business agent is a reflection of your cowardly ass because if you would have said this is how they will be handled, then you wouldn't see this chicken shit written down on a piece of paper. Now I'm going to show you one that's not chicken shit. I'm going to read one that's not chicken shit. I'm going to read one that's, that's exactly how it should be done. Decision. The Step B team has considered all arguments and evidence in the case file and any of this material may be cited in the event of arbitration. They declared an impasse. Step B unions disputed facts and contention. Now here's the difference between regions. You heard that one, mealy mouth bullshit, that the business agent said, look, don't bother me with y'all's safety. Don't bother me with their falsification. We're not going to tell my counterpart that I have to go eat lunch with, that they falsified something. I don't have to answer to him getting mad at me for saying they falsified something. I'm not going to have management angry at me because I said they falsified something. Don't send something up like that because I don't have to defend that in front of management. They may not buy me lunch every other week like they do now. They may not do that for me. Don't put on falsification and put me under the gun like that. You know I'm a chicken shit piece of shit. You know, <laughs> you know I'm a cowardly motherfucker. You can't put something like that on there and have them come at me. God. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. We're, we are so fucked, man. 
We are so fucked in this union right now with this cowardly leadership, man. We are in so much fucking trouble. God. And if I hope what I'm hearing about the contract isn't true. But 9%, you should be fucking ashamed at 9%. We should be getting 13 or 14%. If we're not up around $42, $43 an hour, we failed. That's for another day. But anyway, we are fucked, man, in some of these regions. God, we are so fucked. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Our regions are so fucked, man, by this cowardly-ass leadership. I don't get it. How did y'all get in there? Who voted for y'all? Holy fuck, man. Anyway, here's here's one. Now, here's, here's how you do it. Here's how you do this shit. Listen to this. Step B unions undisputed or disputed facts and contention. It is undisputed that management of the Postal Service falsified training records pertaining to the heat illness prevention program HIP. Can I stop right there? Can I stop right there? I think I can. I'll read that again. It is undisputed that management of the Postal Service falsified training records pertaining to the heat illness prevention program, HIP. Now, this one just came out. This one, just, this isn't an old one that I read. This came out on 10-24-23. 10-24-23 is when this one came out. So this isn't one I've read already, okay? So you read, got that first sentence. They went into the HERO program and marked every employee that was required to be provided the heat illness training that their training was completed. This simply did not happen. This is a willful, deliberate, arbitrary, and malicious action taken by management just so they don't have to provide their employees the time for the training to be completed. Motherfucker. Come to, come to Boston. And holler at me and tell me that's you. I'm taking you to dinner. Whoever that is, and I'm going to say it, holler at me in Boston when I'm there. I'm taking you to dinner. It's on me. Okay? That's what we've been waiting for. That's what we, That's leadership. That's fighting. That's getting in the arena. That's, that's how you do it. That's telling the other side, fuck you, motherfucker. I know what you did. You piece of shit. You falsified this shit on us. That's what that's saying as a business agent. You send that to me. Send that shit to me. And when they come in and try to pre-arbit, I'm going to say, I want every fucking thing I'm asking for you. Sorry, low-down motherfuckers, you for what you did. Then you got this other region. Don't put that on me. <laughs> don't, don't say falsified. I don't want them coming at me like that. You know, they buy me dinner at Ruby Tuesdays every other week. I, they're going to stop doing that if you say falsified. That's what that is. Anyway, I need to get off that shit. Hell, I'll be on that fucking shit all day. First off, management at Formal A states that this grievance should be considered untimely. Well, imagine that. Motherfuckers falsified something on us. Now they don't want to be heard. They're going to say it's untimely. Pieces of shit. The training records are not readily available to the union. They do not have access to every carrier's hero training records. This is an issue that is widespread across the country. When the union became aware that they could be a problem in the 
this installation, they submitted a request for that information and became aware that it was a problem. Local management then decides to say that if any carrier did not receive the training, the carrier arbitrarily decided not to follow management's instructions and did not go to the makeup training classes. They stated they allotted two additional days for makeup training for anyone that may have missed their opportunity to take the class. Missed their opportunity. You falsified it, you dumb fucks. And now you're saying we missed an opportunity to do it. Yeah, because I was off work, you piece of shit, when you said that I took the training. I didn't have an opportunity, you dumb bitch, because I was off that day. I didn't even know you put me in for it until we uh, requested the documentation to show you falsified it. But you see how they do? You see how they do? And then you got this dumbass MBA over here saying, don't say falsified. Don't even say cease and desist. Just tell them to refrain from it. Just to, don't, don't say falsified. Say refrain, please. Be gentle with management. Please be gentle. Uh, we don't want them upset at us. You cowardly motherfucker. Where am I? Fuck. However, management failed to provide any documentation to prove that there actually was, and when the two additional days for makeup training were, or proof of carriers receiving any training, period. This contention without documentation to support it bears no weight and must not be taken into consideration. Based on the union's formal step A contentions and the documents in the case file, this is not the first time management has done this in this installation. There was a previous grievance filed back in 2019 for this exact same issue. The issue statement of that grievance states, did management in the installation violate Articles 14, 15, and 19 of the National Agreement and ELM Section 665 when it falsified training records to show carriers had completed a required training, HIP, when they in fact did not? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? Sound familiar? It does to this representative as well. <laughs> Very. I like this guy. I like this person right here. The settlement for that grievance was made at formal step A of the grievance procedure stating that management cease and desist, violate Articles 14, 15, and 19 as it relates to HIP and ELM Section 665, and that management must ensure all employees complete the HERO course, heat stress, recon heat stress recognition and prevention within 14 days of the settlement, and proof of completion be provided to the union. Last time management falsified carriers' training records, the union gave them a break and just agreed that management can just do the training. The ship of, well, we will just give the carriers the training has sailed in this case. God, I like this person here, man. This is a willful, blatant, and deliberate disregard for the carrier's safety for the second time, as well as the commitment made from management that they will take the safety of their employees seriously. Management will lead one to believe that their employees' safety is a top priority of the Postal Service. However, actions like this tells the entirely different story. The real <clears throat> story appears to be that they say one thing, yet do the opposite. There are two different levels of the Heat Illness Prevention Program, Hip Safety Talk 2068 and Heat Stress Recognition and Prevention. The safety talk is just that, a safety talk. However, the Heat Stress Recognition and Prevention is an online course. Each employee would have to go into Hero and complete the course. This wasn't actually done, even though management marked everyone as completed. The union listed in their contentions that there are 27 carriers that show no training time on February 14th or 15th, nine carriers that were non-scheduled on the 14th, and no training time shown on the 15th. 
six carriers that are on leave of some sort on the 14th and or 15th, and one carrier who has been on military leave for multiple years also that they had received the training. This cannot be done by accident. That's a very good, very good contention right there. Very good contention right there. This cannot be done by accident. There are certain steps that the individual falsifying the completion of this training would have to go through to get it done. Beautiful word right there. That's a beautiful way to do that. Because you're putting in the arbitrator's mind, again, falsifying. I said it all the time. You want to say it as many times as possible. That's a beautiful way to do that. It's even in parentheses. There are certain steps that the individual falsifying the completion of this training would have to go through to get it done. These steps are as follows, and it goes over the steps. This representative counterpart agrees that it is improper for any member of management to enter training for an employee in Hero when, in fact, they have not received the training. However, the word falsify simply refuses to be used. Maybe that is because it is well known that if a craft employee... Here, listen to me. Listen to me. The double standard. He's fixing to get into it right here. The double standard. Watch him. Maybe that is because it is well known that if a craft employee were to falsify anything work-related, they would be given an investigative interview and issued subsequent discipline, more than likely removal. In fact, the local union included a removal for a carrier that falsified medical records and was issued a removal that was negotiated into a voluntary resignation by the carrier. Yet in this case, since the falsification was done by a member of management, they refused to even say the word falsify. My God. Hey, look, if you go to Boston, come to me two nights. I'm going to buy you two dinners. All right? Two dinners on me because of the this impasse. I'm going to get you two dinners. Find me. Okay? I'm in Region 8. All right? I'm in Region 8. I'm the tall, bald-headed guy. Come and holler at me. I, I'm going to buy you two dinners for this. Okay? For the other business agent that shit on yours, come and holler at me. I'm going to buy you a bag of shit because that's what you gave your members. I'm going to give you a bag of shit for free, okay? And you take that home with you because that's what you gave your members is a bag of shit when you did that. So you come to me and I'm going to pay you back on that. I'm going to go out in the yard and put a, a, a pile of shit in a bag and give it to you because that's what you gave your members, you cowardly son of a bitch, you. This right here, is what I'm talking about. The double standard that he brought out between us and management, they will fire us for this shit, man. That's what this is about. They will fire us for falsifying things. We have caught them with their pants down falsifying things, and our business agents are letting them off the hook. Why? Why would you do that? I would like to know why. I hope they get up in front of National and say, this is why I chose to be a chicken shit. It's because of this. This is why I chose to be cowardly and I want my members to be cowardly. Because of this. Why are you cowardly? I wasn't going to do this. I was just going to read this shit to you. It just pisses me off. It just pisses me off. It, it does. God. God bless. This B team right here is on fire, son. This B team right here would never have to buy another drink wherever he's at if he was in my installation. Wherever he went and I saw him, I said, hey, whatever he's got, it's on me. That's how you protect your members. That's how you protect your carriers. When you talk about the most important person to this union should be the carriers, that's what you're talking about right there. 
The most important person should be the carriers. It should not be George Washington or Abraham Lincoln or whoever else is on fucking money. It shouldn't be them. It should be your members. But time and time again, you will see your union leadership put money in front of you like that B-team decision there that was so cowardly. They're putting money in front of you. Our president puts money in front of y'all. I don't care what the motherfucker says. Money is their God. That's what drives them. It is not the city letter carrier. Until this union comes to know that the city letter carrier is the most important person here will be failures. Until the city letter carrier becomes the most important person to this union, we will be failures. It is only until then that we'll be successful. When you put the city letter carrier first and last, <laughs> that's when we'll be successful. Forget about your shit, man. Forget about whatever y'all are doing. Put us first and you'll be successful. I have always said the carrier has to be the most important thing. We are the only thing. Whatever y'all are doing, there's not important unless you have us first. This B team right here got us first. The other one didn't even consider y'all. And it wasn't the B team's fault. It wasn't his fault. He's just doing what he's told to do by his cowardly leader. All right, where are we going? Talked about if management did it, uh, they won't even say the word false, but the idea will fire us. Then he goes into EL801. Then he carries on. Management firmly believes that placing a poster on a bulletin board, giving the carriers a badge card, putting a sticker inside their vehicles, and reading a piece of paper calling it a service talk is proper training for heat illness prevention. If that is true, then why is there a course in Hero named Fiscal, fiscal Year 23 Heat Stress Recognition and Prevention? The course includes a slideshow with a quiz at the end. However, management thinking that a service talk and a poster of sufficient training makes sense as this makes it crystal clear that their employee safety is far, far from their top priority. Motherfucker. Because local management decided to willfully, deliberately, arbitrarily, and maliciously falsify their carrier's training records. This grievance should be sustained in its entirety. And the completed remedy requested by the union should be provided based on the completely unacceptable behavior from local management. That's five stars. That's 10 out of 10 if I was rating it. That's 100% of how we kick the shit out of the motherfuckers across the table. And that's all I care about, really. I want to kick those motherfuckers' asses all the time across the table from me. I want to kick those motherfuckers in the ass all the time that are across from me because I know how fucking dishonest and low down those line pieces of shit are. And it pisses me off when my union leaders don't understand that. What we're dealing with on this working floor. I've got shop stewards on the West Coast being sent home for 53 fucking days for some bullshit. From, knowing that it's not going to pass. Knowing that they're not going to have that thing uh, sustained. Knowing that that's going to get denied. Knowing they're not going to win that 16-7. They didn't even put 16-7 on the fucking 16-7. Knowing that they're not going to win, but they will inconvenience this person to the point of losing his livelihood, his, his house, his car, can't provide for his family unless he takes out a loan or gets a credit card. 53 days, they put our shop steward on the street. 
And he's mad as fuck at his union saying, somebody do fucking something, man. I'm running out of time and money. And the union comes back and said, well, they're going to take care of it. Who in the fuck is going to take care of it? And why did it take 53 fucking days to get this done? This is what I would do if I was a business agent. This is what I would do. You're going to take one of my shop sewers off the floor and put him on an indefinite suspension for some bullshit? I'm going to send two or three people in that station. Under the contract, they're going to be on that working floor, walking around that floor every fucking day. And I'll pay them to do it. I don't care how much it costs. I'll pay them to do it. They're going to be on the working floor every day. You talking about fishing expeditions? Talks in Article 17, you can't be fishing? Bullshit. I'm fishing there. I want all your fucking shit. Motherfucker. Give me clock rings for the last three months. It's not the end of the quarter. Fuck you, motherfucker. Give them to me. I'm going to find something. I'll find something. If I go into a station, I will find something. And I will stay there. And they will rue the day they fucked with a shop steward. They will rue the day they fucked with a shop steward on my watch. They will say, please, God, we're bringing him back and we're going to give him 10000 additional dollars. Fuck you, motherfucker. Fuck you. I'm in your station now, bitch. I'm here. And I'm going to send a team of experts in there and we're going to find so much shit, your fucking ass will be eight hours a fucking day on grievances, bitch. And you'll be apologizing to that dude every fucking day. Because the Postal Service will not do anything to them. The Postal Service will not do anything to supervisors or managers who do that, who abuse their power. They won't do anything to them. They'll promote them, probably. You mean you fired all the shop stewards? I sure did. Well, you know they're going to get their job back. Oh, who gives a fuck, man? They're going to be out two or three months without money. <laughs> they're going to be on the fucking street, man. They ain't even going to be able to provide for their kids, their children. They're going to have to borrow money from their parents, probably. <laughs> He's probably going to get another job, even though it's not required. Uh, they're going to have to probably lose their car. You know that car you just got? Probably going to lose that. <laughs> hey, man, you're crazy. I know it, shit. But we got those motherfuckers going to file a grievance on me for violating the contract. Shit. That's what's happening. That's what, And we got motherfuckers in regions saying, just say that, you know, to refrain from violating that. Uh, don't say cease and just, just refrain from it. Just refrain from, don't don't say falsify. What can, what else can we say? Not completing the training? Not completing the training. That's good. Say that. Refrain from not completing the training. But that might imply that they started the training. Okay, well, let's reword that then. Uh, refrain from uh, putting it in as completed. How's that sound? Well, that sounds less aggressive. Okay, let's do that then. Let's put, we don't be aggressive. Put that in there. And don't say falsify. Just please refrain, okay? I, I tell you what, man. It chaps my fucking ass. I hear the president down there in Texas. You know the one I keep talking about that's raising hell? I hear her, and then I see business agents do this shit. The exact opposite. Polar opposites. You hear this B team right here going at it with management. You know that his counterpart was pissed as hell to read that. And he probably, fuck you. I don't care. Quit falsifying shit. Have I had this conversation before? <laughs> I feel like I have. I feel like I've done this before. <laughs> About the, I'm just tired of, of, of being cowardly. I, I really am. It, it pisses me off to be a cowardly motherfucker. And my union is it, it's just regressing in some of these places. I'm going to read something else. <clears throat> I, I, hell, I didn't get to the discipline. <laughs> I told y'all that's what's going to happen. I said, man, I'm going to try not to do that. 
<laughs> but it's the double standard. It just, I've been thinking about that since this person sent me this discipline. I'm like, look at what these motherfuckers write on here. And there's no protections for us against management. You know, th- this has been a completely wasted episode. And I apologize. That's what not, it's not what I was wanting to do. That's not what I was wanting to do. But here I am, just doing shit I didn't want to do. But anyway, let me get back to this discipline because I told this person I was going to get over it. Now, I've been talking about this discipline for an hour and 10 minutes now. <laughs> and I've only read the first damn thing. Uh, but you got um, dates from August 28th to October 23rd. Now, let's get on there and look and see what percentage of time they're at work. And I'm going to use every date. I'm going to use every day of those three months, every single one. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, just three months, 90 days. Just do that. And how I do it, and this probably, I'll tell you, I'm terrible at math. But if you have 90 days, I got 70 occurrences. I'm going to say 83 days, right? 83, that's 90 minus 7 is 83. 83 days divided by 90. Or 83 days, he was at work out of 90. So he was at work 92% of the time. Okay, so if you do 83 divided by 90, you're going to get your total, 92%. And so 92% to me is acceptable. That is acceptable attendance, unless you want me to be perfect in attendance. So that's what I'm going to do there, okay? I'm going to show seven occurrences. Out of three months, 90 days, so he's at work 92% of the time. This is what it states. This is the little bullshit they write. On October 30th of 2003, I conducted a predisciplinary interview with you concerning your attendance. Present at this interview was your union representative. I asked how long have you worked for the Postal Service. You answered one year and two months. I then asked if your attendance had been addressed with you prior to the predisciplinary interview. You answered no. Now, that's going to get us right there. That's what we're looking for. No, it's not been addressed with me. Because under their responsibilities, remember we talked about this in, in the ELM, uh, where it talks about management's responsibilities, uh, and they have to give me an attendance review. Uh, that's critical, because you're going to say that my responsibility is to be regular in attendance, whatever that means, whatever that definition is, which we will never know. Because they will say it's different for everybody. Well, fuck. If it's different for everybody, how in the fuck am I supposed to know what regular attendance is for me? And so, but they have responsibilities to us just like we have responsibilities to them. Now, whose takes precedent? Whose is more important? Ours to them or theirs to ours? I'm going to say theirs to ours because Article 16 says what? Management actions must be corrective rather than punitive. So it puts the onus on management. When they issue discipline, they are the ones who are supposed to be corrective, not me. So if they're supposed to be corrective, in under the M39, Section 115, they're supposed to do everything possible before resorting to disciplinary action. You have recourse. You have an option. You can go in there and you say, hey, these are the responsibilities that the ELM tells us that we have to the union, to, to city letter carriers. These are our responsibilities to the city letter carrier. To control unscheduled absences. We must do an attendance review. So where was that at? Because this carrier has said, no, you did not talk to me before this. That's where we're going to win it, okay? So it says no. I then asked you if you could give me an explanation for each unscheduled absence that you have had. For October 23rd, you stated, 
My baby was sick in the morning and made a mess. For October 16th and 17th, 2023, you stated sick. And I have documentation. For September 25th, 26th, and 27th, you stated you hurt yourself on Sunday and couldn't carry your route. For September 9th, you stated my baby was sick. For August 28th, you stated I'm not sure, maybe didn't feel well. Then I stated that your 3972 indicated that you have eight unscheduled absences since August 28th. And one of those that they're counting as unscheduled absence, they were late. They're counting that as an unscheduled absence. Now, I asked if that, if that record was absent. You answered, yeah, at first glance. I then asked if there was anything you would like to add or tell me. You answered, yeah. I can bring in documentation for these dates. They're at home. I then asked if you would like EAP, and you said no. So I've got documentation. You never asked for it. So I've got documentation that has covered those absences. Management will say, it doesn't matter if you provide documentation. You're still unscheduled. You're still not regular attendance. Then why would I bring in documentation? They're going to say for pay purposes, because if you don't bring in documentation, we're going to give you AWOL or some bullshit like that. Do you see what I'm saying? They will constantly be able to fuck with us, and there's not shit we can do to them. They will constantly be able to fuck with us, inconvenience us, give us AWOL, make us fight for that. Give us discipline, which is so fucking bogus, and make us fight for that. Put us on EP indefinitely for nothing, make us fight for that. And we get refrained from doing something from our business agents. We get please refrain from doing something. Until we get militant motherfuckers as business agents, this will not change. Until you get the most, the 15 most militant motherfuckers you can find as business agents, this shit won't happen. And until you get a militant president that says, I am so sick of this shit my people have done like this. Personally, I'm writing a letter and this is going to go on each file. This is how I want you to say it. This is how we're going to address it. We need the 15 most militant motherfuckers as business agents. I'm telling you that. When we do that, we will start correcting this. We will start correcting this. Our president, somebody asked him about escalated monetary awards. And he said that the union, and he said that the Postal Service are telling arbitrators that they will terminate them. They will not put them back on the panel if they give escalated monetary awards, which makes it difficult to us. So he's telling people the reason we can't ask for escalated monetary awards, the reason that they're not going to be granted is because the Postal Service is telling arbitrators they're going to remove them from the panel if they give escalated monetary awards. Who in the fuck cares? Who in the fuck cares about that? You know what? We can do the same thing. <laughs> we can do the same damn thing. We can do that to them. We can go into arbitrations, and when there's a recess, say, hey, I'm business agent, Corey Walton, it's good to meet you. You gave a decision last time on uh, saying that the joint statement, you didn't have the authority to do that. I want you to know that you're not going to be on my panel anymore, okay? Now, that's just for me to you. Uh, I don't want that to affect this decision or any other decision, but you will not be back on my panel. I just wanted to come introduce myself. I put you on the panel. That was a fucking mistake. You won't be back on it. Or you can go to these arbitrator uh, sessions that they have with all the arbitrators come, the Postal Service and, 
And the union go to and say, hey, I'm Corey Walton. I'm the business agent for Region 8. Hey, how are you? Uh, I put you on the panel. <laughs> I know that you won't be on the next one. Because you will not provide the union relief with an escalated monetary award, and that's the only recourse we have to get these sorry motherfuckers that you're talking to right here to get off of us or to quit violating the contract. The only recourse we have is fucking money because that's all they understand. And arbitrator Roberts addressed this, and, and it's C33023A and B. C33023A and B, and he says it perfectly. When he's talking about the escalated monetary award, you know that our president, he has no, he has no experience in arbitration. So he doesn't understand what he's talking about. When they're talking about it's not, money's not the issue, it's about noncompliance, okay? Money's not the issue, it's about getting management to stop. And good luck with that, with that, with that mindset. But money is the only way to get them to stop. They, will, they don't care if they get a million cease and desist. That don't matter to them. That doesn't matter to them. But arbitrator Roberts in C33023A and B, and this is one that I did in Lake Charles, but this is what he says at the very end of it because he hammers management. He obliterates management. This is what he says on page 17. In, sum, in summation, I would like to reiterate an important point made by arbitrator Wolitz. Until such time that Article 8 violations subside at this Lake Charles installation, the union's only defense is a continual escalating scale in the form of a punitive award. In my view, this is one of the very few times that I would condone an escalating scale relative to a punitive award. The union is required to perform the work as a sign and then grieve later, and I credit the union in their following of that protocol. It was clear that both of these cases were not isolated instances. Instead, full service weeks, remember what I talked about earlier? They can violate the contract every single day with impunity. But yet we missed seven days in three months at a 92% attendance rate, and we're on our way to removal. They can do it every single day. They can violate the provisions of the contract, which is exactly what they're saying we're doing. We're violating provisions of the ELM which will require our removal from our livelihood. They violate provisions every single day with impunity. And that's what arbitrator Roberts just said. It was clear in both cases there were not isolated instances, instead full service weeks. I can understand a single day whereby overtime may not be properly assigned. However, at this installation, that would clearly be the exception. So until that assignment style is radically altered, the union's only alternative is a monetary escalation. And he gave them $1,000 each. That's what I'm talking about. The only recourse we have for those cowardly motherfuckers that keep saying abide by, will comply, refrain from. You're cutting out the legs of the city letter care and holding management accountable. And to those arbitrators that refuse to give an escalated monetary award, the only recourse that we have, like Arbitrator Roberts said, we will fire you from the panels until we get panels that say the only recourse the union have is a punitive award, an escalated monetary award, one that's so great you will alter the way that you schedule, you will alter the way that you schedule for Article 8. You have to be militant motherfuckers as business agents, and you have to know 
how to write settlements. And when you say refrain from, you have cut the legs out from underneath every city letter carrier that's under your purview. It's a shame. It's a fucking shame. Look, I know that all I've done is ran it, but I've been steaming on this shit all fucking week. When people send me these disciplines for bullshit, the double standard that's in our contract, it is spelled out clearly how you can fire me. It's got to be progressive. And arbitrators will take that to the bank. Nothing protects us from management's misuse and abuse of the contract. And that's our fault. We have to get arbitrators like Arbitrator Roberts and Arbitrator Wolitz that say, hey, look, this is the union's only recourse to get you to stop. And we're our own worst enemy at these business agents' offices because the Postal Service has conditioned us with this will comply, shall comply, must comply, please comply. We beg you to comply. The Postal Service has, has pimp slapped us. They bitch slapped us. And, and we've fallen in line. That shit's over with when I'm business agent. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. That shit is, has ended day one. Day one. I will no longer have a settlement that says, please comply, shall comply, will comply. That shit is done. We're going back into arbitration. We have lost the sting of arbitration across this country. Very few regions go to arbitration very much anymore. We have lost the sting of arbitration. We have allowed panels to get implemented where they don't know the contract. We're not teaching them how they can handle escalated monetary awards or the joint statement. We're not doing a very good job of educating them. Those days are gone. Every carrier is going to be educated in Region 8. Every single one. The two priorities, every carrier get educated and, and bad management. I'm going to handle them. If I've got to go there myself, I will handle bad management in this region. Those are the two main things that we're going to get done on day one. And no more of this watered-down bullshit from the B-teams. We have got to get militant motherfuckers back in as business agents if we're going to be successful. The contract is against us. By design, it's against us because we're the ones held accountable in Article 16 and there's no obligation to abide by the contract under Article 15. There's no obligation to abide by the contract on their part. I'll take 80 cease and desist in front of an arbitrator and beg for a nickel and hope I get it. Look, this has been way too long. I apologize for this one. It's been stewing on me. I probably didn't make no sense for an hour and 28 minutes. And I apologize for that. I do. I wanted to get to this fucking discipline, and I can't do it now because I've taken too fucking long. But it's, the double standard just chaps my ass. And then when I see these business agents just mealy mouth, grubbling, just cowardly bastards, it, it pisses me off, man. It just does on this workroom floor, we're getting trampled. We're getting trampled on this workroom floor. 
with all of this bullshit, I, I talk about it every fucking week. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hour office time, 22 minutes. All this stuff that it should have never happened, should have already been lassoed and contained, still going rampant. You got installations where our shop stewards are being sent home for 53 days for nothing, for nothing, targeting us. No repercussion. Nothing's going to happen. They'll get their money back. But at what at what loss? At what loss? Attendance is rampant because we don't know anything about attendance, how to beat attendance. We don't know what regular attendance means. We're always at a disadvantage. And we've got business agents letting management constantly off the hook. I praise that B team member who wrote that about management, falsifying them. Like I, I promise you, if you find me at Boston, two dinners on me. Wherever you want, I don't give a damn if you eat for $500 a night. Two dinners on me for that right there. That's how you protect your people. That's how you protect your people. If you're married, bring your spouse. I'll get theirs too. That's what I want to see. As a city letter carrier, that's what I want to see. I want to see you attack these motherfuckers. Win or lose, attack these motherfuckers, man. you got to attack these motherfuckers. Business agents, please, God, please. Fight for us, man. Y'all should be that pit bull on the porch with his ear chewed off, scars all over his face, got one eye missing. It's just it's just pale, just scratched on it. Just cheeks chewed up, head scarred up, just sitting there on the porch. You know who fucks with him? Nobody, because they can see. That motherfucker's been through it right there. He's been through it right there, man. Leave him the fuck alone. He's been through it. The one that's been yelping and all that, jumping up and down on his back legs, yelping or something, fuck them. That's management. They're just yelping. They ain't never done a damn thing. But we make it too easy for them to yelp like that rather than kick the motherfucker across the yard. We make it too easy for them. Be that pit bull on the porch that's chewed up, man, just looking at you as you walk by. Like, that's right, motherfucker, just keep walking. Just keep fucking walking because I've been through shit and I'll teach you some shit if you come in here and fuck with me. Business agents, that's how you've got to be. That's how you've got to be. God dang, this chicken shit has got to stop, man. I don't give a fuck if you like me and you're doing something to, to show me up. First off, that's stupid as fuck if that's what you're doing. If that's what you're doing, you're a dumb fuck. But man, militant. That's what our business agents, if anybody is militant, it's got to be our business agents. All 15. Need to be the most militant motherfuckers you can find. That's what that's what we have to have. And if they're not in there, why are they in there? We made that mistake. Vote them out this next time. Okay? Get somebody that's a militant son of a bitch. Okay? Do that. Hey, that's all I'm going to do. Shit, that's way too long. I didn't even get into 2% of what I want to talk about today. I probably didn't make no sense. Y'all probably going to get off this episode. What in the fuck was that? It's just, man, the double standard that we've allowed to take place and continue to allow to take place because we don't know how to fucking handle management. Chaps my fucking ass, man. Chaps my fucking ass. It does. Our, our leadership right now is as lost as last year's Easter egg. I'm telling you. The, the top two are fucking clueless. Are fucking clueless. I, I'm telling you, man. We're in trouble. We're in trouble as a fucking union. 
with the, the lack of leadership. Man, we should be a fucking tsunami on management right now across this country. Just a fucking wave of grievances firing these motherfuckers up. And I got B-team saying refrain from something. I never thought I'd see a day where they just said refrain from it. God, dog, that's worse than we'll comply. Shall comply. Please comply. We beg you to comply. Refrain? Holy motherfucker. Anyway, hey, I love every, each and every one of you, man. I'm a crazy motherfucker, and I admit it. But I have a passion for y'all like y'all would not understand. I'm telling you, man, I've got a passion for y'all that y'all could not comprehend. I'm telling you. And, and uh, one day, you'll understand. When I'm business agent, you'll understand it. You'll see it in, come to fruition in this region. I'm telling you that. You'll be like, man, that motherfucker is crazy. But I'm going to start some shit. I know that. I'm going to start some shit. And, and I want all the other business agents to be with me and starting shit. And if somebody from up above says, hey, man, calm down. Fuck you, motherfucker. You ain't done a fucking thing since you've been there. You damn sure ain't going to try to last on me, son. You ain't going to put a thumb on me. I'll break that motherfucker off and shove it up your ass if you come down here and try to put a thumb on me, bitch. I'm going to run this motherfucking region. We're going to be some militant motherfuckers in Region 8. I'm telling you that. This shit of kissing management's ass is done. Trying to be friends with these motherfuckers is over. I can meet with them and be cordial. They need to understand that I'll fire those motherfuckers up with grievances like they couldn't even comprehend, son. Anyway, I love each and every one of you. Sorry about this episode, man. I've been... All day I've been telling myself, don't do that. Don't, don't do that, Corey. All day I've been saying that to myself. Just get in there and go over this discipline people want you to do. <laughs> and don't get uh, fucking irate. And look at me. Motherfucker. I, anyway, I love y'all, man. I do. With, with everything in me, I love you. I promise you I do. Uh, y'all have a fantastic week. Next, I swear to God, next week I'm going to do better. And I will get into this discipline. I'm a, I got some drag stuff I'm gonna talk about, and uh, but man, damn it, hey, <laughs> it is what it is, man. It is what it is. As a good friend of mine says, uh, I love y'all, brothers and sisters. I do. I love you very much. And I'll talk to y'all next Sunday. All right, bye.